Friends, there are people in your life that need extra grace, right? We call them EGRs. <laughs> right, you may not say, you're an EGR, but it's a person in your life. For some reason, you guys just, you, you just clash or you don't get along with very well. I remember uh, a number of years ago, um, I heard uh, uh, somebody preaching and saying about the body of Christ and how God intricately knit us together, but it was on purpose that God created the nose far away from the foot. And the armpit isn't close to the nose because those two parts of the human body contradict themselves, right? And so, you know, I mean, they just don't work well together, right? Uh, so, so in the same way, the body of Christ, the Bible says that we are all many members, you know, and there's different functions. But for, for some people, we just don't work well together. So there are some people in your life that need extra grace. Say amen. There are times in your life when you need extra grace, right? Every woman in this room can testify. There are times of the month that you need extra grace. It's the truth. Can we speak the truth in this place? Because it is what it is, right? Dudes, we, we get mantrums too, right? I mean, we get mantrums. There's times, right? You wake up and you're just like, your wife or someone's just like, man, you're just extra cranky today. I know. Leave me alone. We get it too. And there are areas in your life that need extra grace, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some areas in our life that need extra grace. And so perhaps you've been tested. How many parents in here have ever been tested as a parent? Have you ever been tested? Raise your hand. You've been tested as a parent. Anyone in here ever been tested while driving? Have you ever been tested? You're driving along, minding your own business, and all of a sudden, that person that need extra grace... I mean, they'll flick you off for no reason, right? I mean, I've had it where I like I'm in I'm in just minding my own business and people flying by honk honk and give me the finger. It's like, dude, I didn't even do nothing to you, bro. Chill out. Take a chill pill, right? They don't even say that no more. I'm gonna bring that back. Chill pill. <laughs> hey, are there times that you're tested at your job? Tested at your job. Mmm, like. I'm about to lose my job today. I'm going to tell this person. <laughs> you know, are there times that you're tested with your relatives? You know, I mean, I mean, how many people, I mean, it's difficult when you have family get-togethers because uncle so-and-so is going to be there, your mom's going to be there, <laughs> your dad's going to be there, whoever, whoever it is that for some reason you, you, you're tested by, maybe you're tested with your relatives uh, maybe you're tested with, uh, you know, certain times of the day. You know, maybe later at night, you just are more cranky, right? Can you look at your spouse or your neighbor and say amen? Amen, yeah, that's truth. That's truth right there, right? Don't wake me up after midnight. Rawr. You're going to get a pillow fight, <laughs> right? First, like your marriage, pillow fight happened right in the middle of our sleep. It was just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just happens, you know. I mean, you need extra grace, right? Perhaps you're tested with your money. Anybody here ever been tested with their finances? Yeah? Anybody here ever been tested with their time? You know, maybe your time management hasn't been the best, right? I mean, so there's numerous areas in our life that we perhaps, maybe we need extra grace. And so a question that you would ask yourself is, what is an area of your life that you need God in a more significant way? What's an area in your, your life that you need God in a more significant way? This is an area that you're, for some reason, you're constantly bringing this area of your life to, uh, to the Lord, and you're like, God, will you do something here? 
that's an area that you need extra grace. Say extra grace. Okay. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wind back for a moment and let y'all know this isn't a lecture. I'm not talking to you. This is interactive. You can amen, throw your point in there. You know, do your thing because uh, that's just how we roll here. Okay. Or or perhaps yeah, there you go. Amen. Just throw it in there. Come on. What's up? Or what area in your life <laughs> that you don't have in check that you need more grace in? And just for a moment, just taking a, a look at both of those questions. What area in your life do you need God in a more significant way? And what area of your life do you need more grace in? If you look at both those, you're like, mm, I don't know. Well, well, friends, we are in a dis- we're on the Discovery Channel. We found it together. That's pride. <laughs> uh, I don't need an area. I don't know. I don't need God. I don't need more grace. Well, maybe you do and don't even realize it. Some of the hardest people to deal with are ones that don't even know they're hard to deal with. <laughs> Have you ever tried to tell somebody who's hard to deal deal with or hard to deal with? <laughs> Just next time you see him say, I love you. You're an EGR. You're an e- No, don't do that. Don't do that. You may cause a fight. You know, what, what's an area? There's, I guarantee you there's multiple areas in your life that you need for extra grace. I'm going to be transparent. Here's an area in my life that I need extra grace in, and it's called punctuality. Go ahead and put that up there. And Joy's like, oh, my gosh, yes, we're late to everything because of me. What's punctuality? means you're on time. Okay? Now, the irony of this is that, yeah, yeah I'm just, that's why I say, I was born at the right time just in the, in the, wrong, uh, in the wrong country. I need to just, a country where there's like, woo, just like, yay. What's, so, what's ironic about this is, is I teach a chapel for TCS uh, for uh, kindergarten through sixth graders, and about once every two years, because they tell you what you're going to preach, they give you uh, month by month character qualities, and this one comes up, and I have to let people know, like, look, <laughs> I'm going to preach, I'm going to tell you what to do, but I don't practice what I preach because uh, I can't tell you to do something that I myself <laughs> I'm not doing. So it, I always feel fake every time I'm like, I'm going to give you the tools. This is what you need to do, but I can't do it myself. Punctuality is an area in my life that I need extra grace. Say extra grace. Okay? So, for example, after church today, I was invited over to my parent-in-law's house for some steak. I'm going to that. Amen, yes. But after that, I have a a board meeting at 1.30. Most likely, I'm going to be pulling in in the parking lot probably about 1.32, that's just complete honesty. Not because, like, I want to, like, purposely do that. It's just, for some reason, that's the area of my life I need extra grace. And there's times, man, I'm fighting. I'm like, I'm going to try to leave early, and I'm going to do. And it just is an area in my life that I need extra grace. Look at your neighbor say extra grace. There's just areas in our life that we need extra grace. Maybe I, maybe I said punctuality, and you're like, oh, that's me too. Well, well high five, air high five me. I'm the only one. No, two back there. Boom, boom, yes. Woo, yeah, we're in the same category. Awesome. <laughs> you know, for, uh, and even though it's an area that, that we need extra grace in, we can't, we can't <clears throat> look at ourselves and justify it. You know, like, for, for example, I'd be like, well, you know, I'm more laid back and relaxed and, you know, I'm go with the flow. And that's why, man, I would just, it would, you know, uh, what what is uh what is what's the Jamaican saying? What's that? No problem, man. No problem, man. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, just laid back. We're good. We're gonna go with the flow. 
you know, good times. That's my natural personality. So naturally, I'm just more like, we'll get there when we get there, you know? (laughs) Not realizing that there's people waiting for us while we get there. So are you getting this? I'm transparent up here. Don't throw darts at me. You set up a meeting with me. If I'm, if I'm five minutes late, I already told you. And guess what? Most likely, I'm going to text you while you're there. Sorry, bro, running behind today. <laughs> but I'm not telling you I'm running behind every day. It's just how it works for me. I, you know, there's some things in your life you just need to know about yourself, right? You just need to know. And it's, it's not that I'm not trying. It's not that I'm just throwing it off and you're like, um, you know, no, man. I do try. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. So that's why the Lord has brought my wife into my life. Because she's like, let's go, let's go, move, let's go. So we balance each other out. So this is the thing, friends. If you need extra grace, number one, if you're taking notes, if you need extra grace, if you need it, then get it. If you need it, get it. In the southern style, if I need it, I'm going to get it. Say that with me. Say, if I need it, I'm going to get it. I know we're tapping into some of your southern roots. I know we got some people that have some southern roots. I know, I know we got some, there's some Alabama maybe in here, West Virginia, Texas, Arkansas, Illinois, <laughs> New York, but, but that, that's New York. And <laughs> the New York over there. If you need it, then get it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid. The scripture actually says that we can boldly go before the throne of grace in time of need. It says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, let us therefore come boldly. Another translation would say, let us come confidently to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Say boldly. If you need it, get it. If there's an area of your life that you need extra grace, go before the Lord and ask him. I'm telling you, I've literally prayed. I'm like, Lord, punctuality. Lord, please. (laughs) Help me. I need to maybe be better at scheduling stuff. James chapter 4, verse 6. This is beautiful. This is so beautiful. Check this out. But he gives more grace. Ain't that beautiful? We're talking about extra grace, (laughs) how there's areas in our life we need extra grace, people in our life that need extra grace. And the Lord, it's not like he's like, she messed up again. He messed up again. No, the scripture says he gives more grace. He's willing to give us more grace. And he goes on to say, you know, therefore he opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. How many of us need grace in here, extra grace, more grace? He's willing to give it. So if he's willing to give it, then be willing to receive it. Friends, learn about that area. Try to put it into practice. Keep it at the forefront of your mind. Speak it out. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, uh, they're, they're talking about the, the commands of the Lord, and, and this is what it says. This is uh, uh, the Lord uh, speaking through Moses to the people of Israel, and he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts, and then he gives us these different ways of doing it. It says, impress them on your children. I remember coming home, hi. My mom's sitting there reading the Bible. 
She's like, you need to read this. I ain't never reading that. She's pulling me to church. She's impressing her. Who <laughs> wouldn't look at me now, right? <laughs> it works, right? My, uh, so, uh, my wife talked about Sister Juanita, and uh, she said that, uh, that their family had a drug problem. The fact is they drug all their kids to church. <laughs> they had a drug problem. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Why is he talking about these things? He's saying basically the commands of the Lord, keep them at the forefront. Keep them up front so that you're, they're a constant reminder to you. So, friends, if there's an area of your life that needs extra grace, then put it before the Lord. Ask the Lord for it. Like, try to put it at the forefront where, where it's something that's maybe at the, at, you know, it's in, it's in your prayer list to do or it's in your, your, your prayers that you're offering before God. Uh, keep it in mind, right? So uh, one more, uh, we're going to go to one more uh, scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want to read these things because this is the thing, friends. How many of us know that God is love? Say it. Say, God is love. He doesn't have it. He is it. Right? He is love. It doesn't say God has love. He is love. Just like you don't have humanity, you are a human, right? I mean, it just, it is what it is. Okay? And so this is what it talks about love, the qualities of love. If you want to know what the definition of what love is, you go to the dictionary, it's going to say the way that somebody feels towards another person. Yeah, whatever. This is what, this is the biblical definition of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, does not dishonor others. Another translation would say it is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And then I don't have it up there, but the very first line of verse 9 is, love never fails. And so I used to practice this uh, when I was preaching at South Slater. I said, you know what, let's just go ahead, since God is love, let's just go ahead and take that word love and let's add God or the Lord to that, right? God is patient. God is kind, right? God is not envious, he, right? He does not boast, right? He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. How many of us know God gets angry, right? He's not easily angered. Anger in itself is not sin. It's when you sin and your anger is when it's wrong, okay? God keeps no record of wrongs. Right? The scripture says that as far as the east is from the west, he casts our transgressions from us. Amen? Man, that's amazing. Okay? He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. Amen? Well, you know, when I was putting this together today, or excuse me, when I was putting my message together, and, uh, and I was going through this, and I just felt like a prompting of the Lord in my, in my, uh, in my heart when I was reading this, and I thought, you know, the Lord has called us to be like him. So something that I've never done, but I felt impromptu to do, and I started doing it, man, I just felt like the Holy Spirit when I was doing it. I was actually speaking it over myself. Because if the Lord is love, if the Lord's called us to be love, right, then why don't we, I've always minused the word love and put in the name of God, but what if you minus out the word love and put in your own name? And what if you speak this over yourself? 
We're talking about extra grace. If you need it, you give it. And one of the things you do is declare the things of the Lord over yourself. Why? Because the word, your words are powerful. So if you need patience, go, can you go back to that one more time? Because I want to speak this. I want us all to do this just once. Because I believe that, that this, is, this is powerful. Because it's actually you speaking the word of God over yourself. So why don't you insert your name? We're going to say it all together. Put your name in there. And say, Josh is patient. Don't say Josh. Put your name in there. Okay? Right? So we're going to say, say it out loud. Don't just, don't just like whisper it. Because there's something about you physically, tangibly speaking it out of your mouth, hearing it with your own ears, and then also declaring it to the Lord and declaring it for, you know, everyone else. So just speak this out with me. Insert your name so it's going to sound kind of, you know, whatever at first. But let's just do it together because I believe there's something, it's simply profound of us speaking the word of God over ourselves. So let's say this. Ready? One, two, three. Josh is patient. Josh is kind. Josh does not envy. Josh does not boast. Josh is not proud. Josh does not dishonor others. Josh is not self-seeking. Josh is not easily angered. Josh keeps no record of wrongs. Josh does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Josh always protects. Josh always trusts. Josh always hopes. Josh always perseveres. Did you feel something like inside, like, like when you were speaking that over you? That's how powerful the word of the Lord is. And that's why we need, to, we need to know the word. We need to speak the word over it. There's just something, like I said, when I was, I was, I mean, I felt a shift in my own heart when I was, I'm like, wow, God, that's amazing. Because there's just something about you're declaring those qualities of the Lord over yourself. Right? Just something powerful in doing that. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Maybe you don't have patience, but you're calling out patience for you to walk in it. Right? Maybe you don't have kindness. You're, you're, you're declaring, I'm kind. Right? I think that's pretty good. Thank you, Lord. So get it. Ask the Lord for it. Learn about it. Speak it over yourself. Keep it in front of your heart. Try to put it into practice. Like I'm trying to put punctuality into practice. I promise I'm trying. Number two, so number one, if you need it, get it. Number two, if you need it, give it. If you need it, get it. And if you need it, give it. We're going to go on back to our good old southern style of how we're going to say this. Okay, if I need it, I'm going to get it. Say this with me. Say, if I need it, I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to give it. <laughs> give out what you need. If you need patience, give it out. If you need hope, give it out. If you need encouragement, give it out. If there is an area in your life you need more grace for others, give it out. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this, give and it will be given to you. It's a biblical principle. A lot of times we use this scripture for money, but friends, this is a biblical principle for every area of your life. Actually, in context of the scripture, it doesn't talk about money. It's actually talking about other things. So if you are giving out extra grace, what do you think you're going to be receiving? Friends, if you're giving out judgment and criticism, what do you think you're going to be receiving? 
<laughs> if you're getting if you're if you're getting out a gossip and slander, what do you think's happening about your name at your job? Friends, whatever give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, run over, pouring into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you. So I don't know, friends. I've I've learned in this walk of life that I don't want to hold people at such a high standard and 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 expect all of these have these great expectations of people. Because if that's the measure I measure people, it's the measure that I'm going to be measured with. So I just have such such a low standard. Except for getting married with my wife, you know, and she got tricked. So just at the bar real low, and then everything else is gravy. No, it's not true. Uh, we, we, we hooked each other up for Valentine's Day. It was actually pretty nice. Thank you. My wife surprised me. It was awesome. Okay, with the same measure you measure, you, it will be measured to you. That's in every area of your life, friends. How you treat others. You know, and again, you know, Jesus was perfect, and he still got mistreated, and he still loved them. You want to learn more about that? Again, Pastor Joy's message from, from two weeks ago. It's on SoundCloud. It was fantastic. She talked about uh, what, how you deal with people who do you wrong, and you didn't do anything about, you know, to wrong them. So I'm going to actually go re-listen to it again because it was so good. Matthew chapter 18, but before we go to that real quick. Okay, if you need more grace from people, you better be giving more grace out to people. If you need more grace from, you better be giving more grace out. Why? Because there's a parable that Jesus told his disciples and he told the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but I'm going to just kind of paraphrase it. They title this parable, The Unmerciful Servant, because what happens is there's a guy who owes his master a debt that he cannot repay. He just can't pay it. And so he falls down on his knees, and he cries out to his master. He says, please forgive me, because the master is going to take him and his family and throw them into, the, throw them into jail. Just basically, uh, in those times, I mean, just turn all of their whole family, all their kids into indentured servants, and turn them into basically like selling them into slavery. So he falls down, and he's like, please be merciful on me. And the scripture says that the master had such compassion on his servant, he forgave him his whole debt. Forgave him his whole debt, a debt that he couldn't repay. So then that servant is going along, and he finds one of his fellow servants who owe him money, but not even close to the same amount he was just forgiven. And it said he grabbed him by his shirt, and he says, pay me back what you owe me. And the guy says, I don't have it. Forgive me of my debt. Can you help? You know, I can't. Give me some time. And the, and the scripture says that what he did was he threw that servant in a jail until he could pay off his debt. Well, the master heard about it, brought his fellow servant back in, brought a servant back in and said, I forgave you of this, this incredible debt. Yet you held your fellow servant at, at a smaller debt and you threw him into jail. And so the scripture says he told them, he told the, the soldiers, bind him hand and foot and throw him, throw him in jail. Cast him in the outer darkness where they'd be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What does that have to do with? Well, that has to do with, with in the same measure you receive, you should give. And that the whole parable has to do with Jesus forgiving us of, a, of, a, uh, of an offense or, or of a debt that we, never could have fit, that we never could have paid on our own. 
And there's no way we could possibly have ever paid for the debt of sin that's in our life. But Jesus paid it. He forgave it. He washed us from that thing. And so that's why in our uh, prayer time, uh, the, uh, the, our Father, it says, Lord, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Because uh, there's this biblical concept of you not holding uh, faults and, and, and things against people because you've been forgiven of so much. So, friends, if there is an area in your life that you need extra grace, then, friends, you need to be giving that out. Because if you're withholding that, then we're going to be held at a standard where it ain't so good. (laughs) He forgave us of our unpayable debt. He pardoned it. And so, friends, there's areas in our life we need pardon and we need to pardon others. Jesus calls the Pharisees three different things. He calls them wicked. In, in, in his, um, when Jesus is tearing par- parables, there's three, there's three things that are, that, or first Jesus calls Pharisees hypocrites and uh, because of them holding a higher standard to others that they themselves weren't willing to carry, which we'll get into in a moment, which is in uh, Matthew chapter 23. But there's three things that Jesus says in his parables, three types of people, and friends, these are the type of people we do not want to be. You don't want to be wicked, (laughs) you don't want to be lazy, and you don't want to be a hypocrite. Okay? You don't want to be wicked. You don't want to be lazy. You don't want to be a hypocrite. And and when, when Jesus is telling parables, these three type of people, man, the end isn't good. It's not good. Here, we're going to read about one of them here real quick. This is Matthew chapter 23, a few verses, verse 1 through 4, our last scriptures here. It says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, sit at Moses' seat. You must be careful to do everything they tell you. Respect them. Uh Uh-oh. We can pause right there. Show respect to people that aren't even doing what they say they tell you to do. Okay. You must be careful to do everything they tell you to do, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Look at your neighbor and say, that's hypocrisy. Right? It's, a, it's hypocrisy. They do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. When you have a standard for somebody else, but you don't hold that standard yourself, that's called hypocrisy. And it's real easy to do in the church. You, want, you, you expect... You expect people to be a certain way. You expect children in this church to be a certain way. You expect uh, uh, things to be a certain way, and you're holding this high standard, but are you holding that standard for yourself? Because if you're not, friends, it's called hypocrisy. It says they tie heavy loads on others that they themselves aren't willing to carry. It's like that old adage. You remember when people used to say this? It don't fly anymore. Do what I say, don't do what I do. That adage don't fly. It doesn't fly. It just doesn't work anymore. Actually, that adage is hypocrisy. (laughs) Because you're telling somebody to do something that you yourself aren't willing to do. Right? It'd be like you as a parent telling your kids, don't do drugs while you're sitting there smoking weed. It just doesn't work. Because actions speak louder than words, right? Actions speak louder than words. Okay? What we do preaches louder than what we say. So if I was to say, hey, baby, I love you, and then I was a slapper across the face, 
What speaks louder? Then we'd be, we'd be throwing blows right there. No. Okay. She said, this is the last day I'll live. What speaks, I just, I mean, it's just so funny because every time I ever use that illustration, she always gets fired up. That's why I love using it. I've used it for like 20 years. What's going to speak louder? Okay. Me saying I love you or the physical action of what she uh, received from me. Right? The experience, right? Because what we do speaks louder. It preaches louder than what we say. And just mind you, just to let you know, okay, I've never hit my wife. Okay? So don't ever worry about that. That's, that hasn't happened by the grace of God. Okay? Okay? I, I, yeah. We, yeah. At our first, yeah, at our first, first year of marriage, we did have a pillow throw down in the middle of our sleep. Yeah. Pillow fights are fun, but that one was very intense. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a duel. I, the funny thing is, I don't even remember it happening. It was like, it was like, I was in my sleep. So, I, I know about. I, I know it was like a blackout sleep pillow fight going on. <laughs> Friends, what we do preaches louder than what we say. There's this man. His name is uh, Saint Francis of Assisi, and this is what he says. He says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. That means our life, the way we live, is going to be the greatest gospel anyone ever reads or hears. And guess what? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fail. You're going to fall, you're going to have bad days, you're going to yell at your spouse, you're going to yell at your kids, you're going to have bad attitudes, but those moments when you have weakness and you have failure, they don't define who you are. That's why the scripture says, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. A righteous man, not a wicked man, right? It says a righteous man falls. It doesn't say a wicked man falls. We already know that. Okay? Meaning that, there, that, that you, in this walk and in this journey of, of, of becoming more like God, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to fail, we're going to fall. But get back up. And when you make a mistake, admit it. That's one of the greatest lessons that I've learned in marriage with my wife is when I make a mistake, admit it. It's the hardest thing to come out of my mouth. I'm sorry. But it's, it's an act of humility and learning from my mistakes. Preach the gospel at all times. Use words if necessary. So, friends, we all have areas in our life that we need extra grace. If you need it, then get it. And, friends, and if you need it, then give it. We're going to pray. Got real quiet. It's good. You know, a lot of times when I, when I share with the Lord's place in my heart, it's not always from an area of victory. Sometimes it's from an area of me working through it in the process. Right? And so let's just take a moment before the Lord. Could you put on uh, some music? I think I have something cued on the thing. You could just hit play on that. Thanks. How many of us know that the word of the Lord is never 
meant to make us feel. Can you turn down just a, just a little bit, just a little tiny bit? It's never meant to condemn us. It's meant to convict us. It's meant to challenge us. It's meant to encourage us. And so if at any point, as we're reading the word of the Lord, you just kind of feel a little sting in, in, inside your chest, that's good. Because that means two things. Number one, that means you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And number two, that means the Lord is speaking to you. And so, Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for how awesome and amazing you are. And just right where you're at, right where you're sitting, could you just take that place where you're sitting and just kind of make an altar before the Lord? Just make a place where you're going to meet with him. God, your word says that we can boldly come before your throne of grace. We can come before your throne of grace with confidence. And that's what we do. We take this moment to come before your throne with confidence, with boldness. And Lord, we ask. God, we are in so desperate need of more of you. We're in dire need of more of you, God. God, we just lay down, we lay down our pride. God, we lay down our selfish ambition. God, we lay down, Lord, selfishness. God, we lay down perversion. God, we lay down anxiety. God, we lay down fear. God, we lay down anger. God, we lay down... First John, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. We just lay those things down, Lord. God, I have so many areas in my life I just need, I mean, I need more of your grace. It's not by accident, God, that you open and close the letters of the epistles, grace and truth to you, because God, we need it. We need grace. So, Father, today we receive the grace we need to live, the grace that we need to empower our life, and the grace that you're going to fill us with that we can give to others. Maybe you're empty. Maybe your grace cup is empty. Maybe you've ran to the very end of your grace cup, and you're like, I'm at the end of my wits with this person. I'm at the end of my wits with this area in my life. Lord, would you refill that cup with extra grace even now? Wow, I just felt something shift. Thank you, Lord. Yes, fill that, fill that grace cup right now, Lord. Fill that grace cup. Fill that cup with extra grace. Jesus.